Welcome to another episode of Failing to Success. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki with Cosmic Design. Today on the show, we have Michael Horde. His company is called Michael Horde Growth Advisors, and they bring scale to your business. He's been in this industry for 18 years. So Michael, right off the bat, I need a story of the struggle. Oh, wow. That's a good question. I think as far as struggle is concerned, I would go back to the, the beginning almost. 2008, I had been doing this for about three years or so. We had some pretty good growth. We're helping a lot of companies. And then we all know what happened in 2008, 2009 with the complete collapse of the global economy. And that was a real struggle for us as small business owners. I was a lot younger back then. I had just started a family. We just had kids. And it took a lot of, I guess, intestinal fortitude to stick it out and really believe in what we were doing was helping people and helping businesses to grow and believe that there was still going to be a need for that to kind of stay stay forward and stay focused on the continued growth and and fight through those years and it wasn't really until probably 2017-18 did we really start seeing scale again and i think that was a big struggle because it was a good seven eight years where it was just like let's just do what we got to do as a business to to survive and continue to help people and and know that that that, that we're doing the right things that are going to get us to the point where we see that up into the right kind of growth again we're looking for how do you withstand that long period of seven to eight years where you're really trying to make it work? What we really did was, I mean, believe it or not, is a lot of companies will probably think, let's just do everything and anything just to get work in. And initially that's what we did, but we realized early on that we needed to stay true to the core business, which was the marketing strategy, world digital marketing. That's where a lot of companies were struggling. And it's very cyclical. We saw back then that a lot of companies were going outsourced and we're turning over the keys to the kingdom, so to speak, to people that we now call fractional CMOs or fractional leadership. It really wasn't a thing 10 years ago, but that's kind of what, what, I, what I began doing and what my, my company had started doing was getting in and providing fractional leadership to organizations that needed it in order for them to get the marketing help that they needed. And it just kind of grew from there. We just kept true to that. And back at the cycle again now where every, Every business is looking to do that. Every company is in that position now where so before is more of a small business, you know, so we're starting to see over the last couple of years, larger businesses looking for that, which has allowed us to kind of expand our expertise and really see the growth now because we're working with companies that have larger budgets, just are still looking for that fractional expertise, which allows us, allows us to continue to, to grow our, our mindset and our skill set as well. Well, these end of cycle recession periods, they open up opportunity for things like this. Absolutely. You just have to know how to adapt to what the market's telling you. Understand what your customers' real problems or underlying objectives are, and then match your skill set and your offerings to that. In this world, everybody's laid off a bunch of staff, so fractional positions are great. Yeah. And, and at the same time, it allows me to build a really strong bench of contractors that I can then work with to do the work again in a controlled environment. I think that's one of the things where a lot of businesses are looking at it from the standpoint of, I can take you know, the money I was gonna allocate to the salary for one full-time CMO and get a fractional person that probably half that cost and then use the other half of the cost to do contractor work to actually ex execute on it and kind of keep my team tight and really small and just let my internal team focus on more strategic objectives and not have to deal with the operational stuff of just keeping the lights on in the marketing department. By doing that, they're saving costs because they're basically getting, they're getting like twice the effort with the same amount of money, essentially. 
have you scrapped the physical office and went full remote at this point? Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, we've been full remote always. We always were. Again, I mean, it's it's funny. It's like I feel like I had built this entity for the market we're in now, but I built it like 10, 15 years ago. I mean, I've been, I've personally been working remote since, since 2005, 2006. And most of the companies I've worked either internally or consulted for have been, I've been in a remote capacity. So we were always set up for that. So like the expertise of being able to manage a distributed team, that's not just distributed in the US, but distributed globally. I mean, I have contractors I work with that that are in Eastern Europe. In the, in the Middle East and in, in APAC, I have a couple that I'm working with now that are in South America. So I'm able to reach out to a broader audience of talent to get the very best to work with, to get the very best to my clients. Yeah, it's nice to have that lean setup. I mean, it's you didn't have enough to adapt to it. You were there. <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing is, I mean, that's where I'm able to be more competitive for my customers with with pricing, with timelines, because again, there's not as much overhead red tape to get through and all the stuff you got to normally deal with within an office where if you have the environment set up the right way and the right infrastructure for your team in a remote work environment, you're actually much more efficient and much more effective at delivering to the client. I mean, I found that from the very beginning and it still holds true today. And a lot of the best businesses that are providing these sorts of services are in that remote virtual distributed sort of model. Yeah, definitely. Is there a moment on this 18 year run, whether it be personal or business, where you look back and say that moment was pivotal? Yeah, I think for me, I mean, and this is, this is on the personal side, but it also plays into the professional side. Back in 2012, I actually had a stroke at 34 years old. That was the moment where I said, there's got to be a better way to do this. I had been running ragged, just trying to do everything and anything, you know, and basically burnt myself out, wasn't taking care of myself. And I had a hemorrhagic stroke at 34 years old with two little babies at home and a wife that was losing her mind because she was like, what am I going to do? And that's when I really just said, I need to find a better way to do what I do for the clients I do it for. And that's what allowed me to change the overall framework and model of what my business was going to do and how it was going to provide those services to clients so that I could, from a personal perspective, make sure I was taking care of myself better. Because if I'm not taking care of myself, then my clients are going to struggle because I'm not there to help them. And we saw it at that point. So I made a, I made a commitment to myself, to my family, to the business, to change the way we were going to do things. And, and at the end of the day, it's worked out really well for us. What does your balance look like as compared to how it was? I don't have balance. Work-life balance is a non-existent term that someone made up just to keep people distracted, I always say. I have work-life integration. I'm a seven-day-a-week guy, which most people will hear, oh my God, seven days a week, like that's crazy, but it's integrated. So it's a couple hours here and and by time blocking and saying, okay, I'm going to work five hours on this day from this point to this point, I'm going to work three hours here, I'm able to to fully integrate my personal life and going to my kids' sports games, going to my son's theater performances, spending time with my wife and the kids doing stuff around the house, playing in the yard with the dog. I'm able to do all that because I've given up on that idea of work-life balance and just learn to integrate everything together in one existence. And if you make time for what's important and what's not important equally, you can get that balance. I've always believed in gain tasks and paying tasks. It was a seminar I heard years ago. And by integrating all of that together, you're much more successful at at getting everything done you want to get done. Yeah, I I like the work-life integration philosophy as well. 
it wasn't having time to work out. So I'm like, there's five minutes between meetings. There's a pull-up bar right over there. Exactly. And it got to the point where I literally have a calendar invite for every day at noon to go work out. That's one of the things I've learned by time blocking and setting certain points up on the day where you do certain things, you're able to accomplish them because it only takes a half an hour, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. You don't have to do much more than that. But if you don't make the time for it and purposefully ensure you achieve that goal, then you're just never going to make it a consistent thing that you do. And it is as easy, like putting a chin-up bar in the door, or we have a rower down in the basement. I have my old kickboxing bag. I'll just go down and punch for 20, 30 minutes just to kind of release a little bit. You got to make the time to do it though. Since your life and business are so integrated, would you ever sell the business? I'm happy where I'm at. I don't think selling is really an option for me. One, I don't ever see myself retiring. I say that to my wife all the time. I'm never going to retire. I'm going to be one of those guys working to his 70s because I love what I do. And it's what I would say is low impact. I'm blessed to be able to work in a way that I can continue doing this for a really long time. And so I don't ever see selling. At the same time, I think a lot of what we do for our clients is, is the type of work it's, it, that, that it comes from the person doing it and the strategies and the beliefs. As much as we put things on paper that I don't even think it's, I never want to sell it. I think I'm just going to continue to enjoy growing and working for the clients I have and finding new clients that are looking for new services and just really continuing to just kind of do it until I can't do it anymore. Yeah, I get it. How many clients do you typically have on at the same time? So at the same time, it varies between usually no more than like a half a dozen or so. It all depends on what the, the volume of expectation is from them. So I typically work in a fractional capacity, 10 to 15 hours a week or so. Those are like the typical contract size, and it runs for six six months to a year, typically for each client. So it's about four or five, sometimes six at a time that we're taking on. It all depends on the number of people I'm working with and so on. So if somebody in our audience wanted to reach out to you or your company, how would they do so? It's easy. I'm, I'm on all the social media to start it. So just look for Michael Horde. I'm the Michael Horde in Rhode Island. There's, there's a couple other Michael Hordes out there, but it's not that, just michaelhord.com. So it's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-H-O-A-R-D.com. We just launched our new website this week as well. Needed to refresh ourselves. So you can take a look at some of the work we've done there, learn a little bit more about what we do. And feel free just to inquire there even. Well, thank you, Michael, for being on the show. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Failing to Success. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki with Cosmic Design. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and we'll see you next time.